guys. Welcome to episode 45 of the Atlas Podcast. My name is Emma Loggins, editor-in-chief at fanbolt.com. Uh, my name is Chicago Mickelson, uh, graphic artist guy, independent filmmaker, and, and overall, I would I would say um, a thorn in Emma's side this week. <laughs> I would say it was safe to call me a thorn in Emma's side. It all worked out. We're recording the day that we're releasing, which is like, I don't know if it's ever happened before. Maybe it's happened once, but uh, it's a little it's a little bit of a crunch, crunch for time. <laughs> it is, but this is after it was scheduled like 13, what, 13 to 17 times. <laughs> and every time, I was like, oh, crap, not going to be able to do it. So uh, thank you again yeah. for being such a gracious uh, host. Of course, no problem. Um, well, you're you're up to some pretty cool stuff um, out in LA, and I th- I feel like you're going to have cool stories this week. <laughs> I, I, I guess I do have a few, maybe, perhaps. <laughs> yes, as you can tell, this is also weirdly the first time I've used my voice today. So I don't know if this is like the first ever podcast morning voice, but hey, <laughs> it's, uh, it's pretty nice. It's very uh, it's very revealing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we do have a really cool show this week. Um, we have a bunch of interviews. Uh, I just got back from a set visit, which we're going to talk about, although we're not going to talk about those interviews because they're all under embargo until the show releases, and there's currently not a release date for that show. <laughs> so okay, somewhere okay. in the distant yeah. future, we'll talk about uh, or we'll have the interviews from uh, Midnight, Texas, but uh, until then. Uh, but we do have some interviews uh, with the cast of 24 Legacy, which just premiered after the Super Bowl, and CBS's MacGyver. So we have that to talk about and some box office results and a review for a film that is playing a few more times at the Atlanta Jewish Film Festival, Mose, which I'm actually introducing tonight um, at the screening at Atlantic Station. So still trying to figure out what I'm going to say for the introduction. Uh, nice. Yeah, I got this. Nice. I got this sheet, and it's basically like you know telling me what I can't say, and I'm not really sure what I can say. Um, <laughs> it's like you can't give away any plot points in the film. You know, don't talk about specifics about the film, and which I get, no spoilers. But I, I'm not sure what more I can get up there and say other than like this is a good movie. Hope you guys like it. It's a comedy. My name's Emma. Here's the movie. <laughs> Mm, you may have given away too I much. I don't want to know. I don't want to know it's a comedy. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, let's just go ahead and uh, dive into things. And I want to start with L.A. because I'm super jealous you're out there. Oh, goodness. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this. Uh, I This all started because I was coming out to do some work for a client. And then uh, it just kind of turned into a much more involved work trip. So, But it, it's uh, it's been exciting. I'll tell you that the coolest thing that happened is... I was able to see my, my little brother is a musician and he had an album release party on Saturday night, which, uh, I was able to surprise him for. He had no idea I was coming. Aww. He's down in San Diego and that was like an amazingly epic, uh, night. So that was really cool to see. And I'll go ahead and put on the, uh, uh, the advertising hat here. If people are curious to hear his music, you can go to sambybe.com. That's S as in Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, A-M-B-Y-B-E-E dot com. So, uh, but yeah, he does like kind of a co- uh, folky acoustic-y thing. And um, it was really cool to see him shine for a night and to uh, surprise him and other members of my family. So that was, that kicked things off. And then, of course, I was able to watch the Super Bowl he- here in Los Angeles, uh, which was a, a catastrophic <laughs> uh, nightmare of despair. Yeah. Um, 
And all I could do was think about, because, you know, me, I've got kind of like a, like a little bit of a vest. I, of course, wanted the Falcons to win. I, I have this like weird, long standing hatred for the Patriots. And I think it's just because they've been so elite for so long. Right. Um, I, you know, I'm not really a football fan, but all I could do was think about like, I have so many friends in Atlanta that live, breathe, the Falcons. And I was like so stressed out. Like, I don't know how I'm going to look at them <laughs> when I see them when I get home. Cause that was the most intense. The short long of it is, I'll tell you this, the world premiere of 24 legacy in Atlanta. I'm sure the ratings weren't particularly high for that. Yeah. For that show. You know, I have to wonder, and especially, you know, with the, the game going into overtime, like they talk about what a great lead in that is. But when a game goes into overtime and, you know, a huge part of the fan base is, you know, devastated and upset. And the last thing they want to do is stay in front of the TV. Like, how how really great is that time slot? Like, right. I actually, I'm going to look up the ratings. I haven't looked up the ratings yet. Um, but it was a two-part uh, event. So the rest of it aired last night. So I don't even know if they've... Um, or No, uh, aired Monday night, excuse me. So I don't even know if the, the ratings are out. Um, but we will see. I watched the Super Bowl as well, and it's the first time ever watching sports ball that I like. I was like yelling and screaming at the TV. So yeah, there was there was some unbelievable moments. There was unbelievable moments, and you know, here in LA, for the most part, people were there were two people rooting. No, out of everybody at the at the shindig I was attending, there were only three people rooting for the Patriots, um, uh, and it was just I was like, oh my gosh. Uh, I guess we can get in the weeds. When Julio Jones made that insane catch, I was like, man, the Falcons, I think they're actually going to pull this off. Yeah. And then I swear to goodness, the moment I had that thought, it was just the most epic meltdown. And to be clear, I never said it out loud. There's a huge, I'm very uh, superstitious. It's something that a buddy of mine coined, never pull the ticket. If you pull the ticket... It gives the other team license to come back. And it's like this total jinx, as if what I say at a Super Bowl party is going to affect the whole situation. But very careful to never say anything out loud. But I really had the thought. And then from there, it was just like, it was like, oh, no, <laughs> the momentum has totally gone the other way. Well, I learned that lesson, too, <laughs> because oh, in, no. in general, Emma Land, um, I am a very positive, we've got this type person. And apparently you're not supposed to like say that out loud while watching sports, <laughs> especially oh, no. a game that is as important as the Super Bowl. So I kept being like, yeah, we got this. We got this. And like um, Mike and Doug were like yelling at me like, don't don't say that. Don't say that. You're going to jinx it. And, um, and yeah, I, I don't, I'm, oh, I'm not taking responsibility for it. I think, I think a lot of things happened, but <laughs> you, you don't think, you don't think you were the biggest factor. I don't factor. think I was the biggest factor, but you well, know, how, how was, how, how, like, seriously, how were everybody at the party or whatever the gathering you were at in Atlanta? Like how, um, How was it? Not not great at the end. Um, we were pretty upset. <laughs> everyone everyone was understandably pretty upset. Everything was great, like up until halftime. Um, Mike made chili. <laughs> it was really great. Danielle brought cupcakes and these little peanut butter ball things. And we were all just like, you know, having beer, having good food. And then we just like watched it all unravel. And it was so funny because like, I've just now gotten to where I feel like I actually understand football, like this whole journey I feel like I've been on um, basically <laughs> for 33 years of like 
not not understanding, but also like not caring. <laughs> but right. but now right. now I understand and I cared and I just I don't understand why the universe did that to me, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Emma Loggins, we have a gift for you. This is how football works, uh, and uh, we're going to take it all away now. No, that's uh, that's that's a pretty that's a pretty horrific. Um, uh, I still like I still it's weird, right? The grand scheme of things, this football game, whatever. But I was like, I seriously was like, I don't know how. Yeah, I'm going to look my friend Jay in his eyes. I don't know how it's going to be like, dude. Sorry for your loss, because seriously, a loss in a Super Bowl is one thing. But that wasn't a loss. That was something different. Yeah. Oh, so epically painful. Anyways, all right. Well, uh, let's go ahead and focus on that. Here's <laughs> the thing. Here's my prediction. I'm just going to go say it out loud. You know, you have to go through some uh, 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 rough times before things get better, you know. And then Atlanta maybe can be the first city ever to uh, pull off another Super Bowl at home when the the Super Bowl is here in Atlanta in 2019 and then they'll be the first ever team to win a Super Bowl at home and it'll it won't matter. See, that's that could be the it'll all work out. That's that's Emma Loggins in me <laughs> dying dying to try on some optimism. That's exactly what I said when when we lost. <laughs> like when the game was over and I was like cuz I was thinking it was actually next year we had the Super Bowl. I had forgotten that it was 2019. And I was like we're going to win next year. We're going to go. We're going to win. It's going to be awesome. Um so, but I'm just not going to say any of that kind of stuff out loud anymore because apparently that's frowned upon. <laughs> well, that's it's. I think it's okay to like predict it long term. Okay, right? That, that I don't. I don't think that's quite a jinx. There's a lot of weird rules to the jinx, but you never say something during the game. You you just you just you just can't. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, in addition to to the Falcons fumbling the game. Uh, Apparently, 24 Legacy also fumbled their premiere. <laughs> um, uh. It was the worst post-Super Bowl audience in 14 years. Um, let's let's scroll through this. Let's see. The debut uh, was watched by 17.6 million viewers and earned a 6.1 rating among the coveted 18 to 49-year-old demographic. Uh, those numbers are great, sure, but looking back in history, it's the least watched post-Super Bowl episode of television since 2003 when ABC aired a season two episode of Alias. That episode was also hurt due to a post-game Bon Jovi concert also aired by ABC, which dragged its audience down to 17.4 million. Um, So the Super Bowl itself, to kind of give you some uh, comparison there, was watched by 111.3 million viewers, making it the fourth most watched telecast in history. It, I, like seriously, it, it probably, if without being parsed to either of the teams, it's probably one of the greatest Super Bowl ever. It had to have been yeah. it's the only overtime Super Bowl ever. So seriously, put yourself in the in the feet of where you were actually watching that game. When that game was over, one way or another, you were either elated or you were crushed. Either way, you had a lot of energy to work out. There was no way you were going to sit and watch a television show. After yeah, that. Uh, frankly, I'm, I'm surprised the numbers even look like. Like if if the viewing numbers were like seven, I'd be like, well, of course it was seven. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone turned the TV off. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah, the uh, of course episode two aired Monday night, and I'm trying to see if I can find a a good. Let's see, this one was posted 21 hours ago, so maybe this will have the the second night ratings. Okay, final ratings. Um, two 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 two. It's 9 p.m. 
Um, no one expects the show to be able to hold up post Super Bowl, or uh, but the show had a 24.6 retention, which is below what recent dramas have achieved following a post Super Bowl episode. So of course it's not going to hold up to uh, you know the ratings that it had after the Super Bowl, but you're hoping that it's going to retain. I would think you were hoping that it would retain more than 24.6% retention. Um, but I guess that's it's not all bad for for uh, for legacy. They are considering it to be okay, okay in terms of ratings. So yeah, yeah. I I, it, uh, uh, I, I happened to where I was somewhere where it was, a little bit it was on, and I oh I was I was at the Super Bowl thing where it was on, and I was watching a little bit of it, and I was like oh okay, I guess this looks compelling. Yeah, I mean it it had such a a huge built in fan following from the original series, and of course uh, it films here in Atlanta. Um, so it's it's kind of one of our gems of our city now, and I don't know. I the, I I hope good things for all Atlanta film series. Yeah, I like it when Atlanta film series are actually well received. We've got like I like that we have a Stranger Things to finally yes, you know, toe to toe with like a Walking Dead a little bit. You know exactly. You know it's funny. I've got a comment on this um, last. Saturday night, um, I believe it was, they had the wrap party uh, at Pond City Market for uh, Vampire Diaries. And um, oh, wow. for the, you know, the series has is finished now and they've, they've uh, I, I believe they've done, they're done with all of the filming. They've had the wrap party, so, but of course that doesn't always mean that they've finished all the filming. But um, it's funny because the next morning online, you know, I'm kind of looking through some of the uh, the photos that had surfaced online from it. And they photoshopped the three lead characters together. And there's like um, kind of like this little collage that a fan had made with like the Pretty Little Liars cast and then the um, the Vampire Diaries cast. And it's like, you know, when Pretty Little Liars ended, the cast all went out and got matching tattoos to celebrate their time together. And then it's like the Vampire Diaries cast had to be photoshopped into a picture together. <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought that was hysterical. It's like sad but true. Um, yeah. So that one, um, though, one of I think Georgia's obviously most uh, one of our most successful series, just because of the the fan following behind that show, and of course it's one of CW's top shows, or at least has been at some point in its run. Um, yeah. So that that one's finally coming to an end, um, which I guess the the cast all all is probably pretty glad about. But the uh, cast is already finished. Apparently, <laughs> they don't want to see one another. And uh, vampires, they realize they're a little lame. Yeah. Maybe that's what happened. Maybe that's what yeah. happened. Um, yeah. Well, well. <laughs> speaking of that, um, not all vampires are lame. Um, I I will talk a little bit about um, the set visit I did in Albuquerque um, last week. Albuquerque. Albuquerque, Albuquerque, Texas. Texas. One of my favorite yes, one yeah. of my favorite places too. <laughs> um, just to clarify, in case you missed the episode last week, I was in Albuquerque for a um, set visit for the series Midnight Texas, which I kept referring to as Albuquerque, Texas. Um, but it was a really great set visit. And there was a lot of people that were a part of it that I, I guess I just hadn't made the connection of their previous work. Um, Peter Mensa being one of them, he uh, was, of course, in 300 and Hidalgo and a very recognizable actor who apparently is 57 years old. But if you look at a picture of him, you'd think that he's like, I don't know, like 34. 
five and like really in really, really good shape. Um, so that was cool. I actually, that night when we came in, we did some interviews and then NBC had this really great um, dinner set up for us. And uh, I got to sit next to Peter during dinner and he was here for a while filming episodes with Sleepy Hollow. And we kind of talked about the different pockets of Atlanta. And it's funny, we were sitting next to um, one of the uh, the press, uh, uh, the PR people for NBC. And he's like telling us about like all the places that he went when he was here um, doing some press stuff in Atlanta. And he spent all of his time, like literally all of the like wrong places you would go to if you came. <laughs> like he spent like the whole night in Buckhead. And then he's like, and then we ended up at some, some bar, like sandals or something. It was like beach themed and they had like slushies like talking about flip-flops which is a another bar that you probably don't take uh cast members of a tv show to to wine and time them i mean it's a it's a fun place to go but i i don't think it's a kind of the the <laughs> wine and dine type atmosphere um so it was just kind of it was kind of funny because um, i was like no no you went to all the wrong places and peter was like even as as someone who like um, you know, was out filming in Conyers and didn't get a whole lot of time to explore Atlanta when he was here. Um, he just was laughing. He's like, yeah, you don't go to Buckhead. <laughs> like, you just, you just don't do it. But, um, but yeah, it was a really great visit. And uh, we had really great access to everything. The cast was fantastic. Um, it's one of those things where the cast all truly, truly likes each other, too which is oh. just a really cool vibe to be on set for and kind of seeing yeah. those, um, uh, those, you know, interactions and, and relationships. And um, so that should be a really great show. If you're a fan of Sex and the City, I didn't realize this. Um, Jason Lewis, who played Smith in the show, is also in this. Um, so there's a lot of eye candy. Uh, Francois, the, the lead actor, um, Dylan Bruce, uh, just a lot of really good-looking guys and girls in this. And I think it's actually going to be good. Of course, it's based on the book by Charlene Harris, uh, Midnight Crossroads, I think it's what, what it was called. Um, I haven't read the books, but they have a diehard fan following. And of course, she wrote the books that True Blood was based on. So it's it seems like it, it might be pretty good. So we'll we'll keep you guys posted on that and... The interviews that we have from it are really, really good, and I have no idea when we'll be able to release them. I'm thinking probably summer, um, because I think NBC originally planned the series to be a mid-season replacement, and the the timing I don't think worked out. I don't I don't know if it was if they were originally anticipating the success of This Is Us, and maybe the fact that they ordered some additional episodes on that might have kind of um, shifted uh. some of the scheduling. But um, anyways. Uh, all speculation on my part, but uh, I think we'll probably be looking at a release date near the summer, so we'll have those for you guys then. Nice. That's very exciting. That's that's the ultimate tease. Like, we're going to have something for you at some point in the future. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that being said, um, I came back from that and then went headfirst into SCAD's ATV Fest, which um, was great, as always. You get such great one-on-one -on -one time 
as press for that um, with the cast members that they bring in. So I got to sit down with a couple of members of Once Upon a Time, which we'll have next week. Um, the uh, Jennifer Morrison, who of course plays Emma, and Colin O'Donohue, who plays Hook, and then um, several of the writers from the series as well. That show does not come back until March, so uh, we're going to hold that one for next week. But um, this week we do have interviews from 24 and MacGyver. I have to say MacGyver cast is one of my favorite interviews I think I've ever done. Um, and you'll you'll Ooh. you'll see it in the air you'll hear it in the interview um i am actually going to have um videos of these up on fanbolt later this week so if you want to see the videos of it as well um none of these none of these people are bad to look at so if you want some visuals to go with it um <laughs> but uh the macgyver cast especially they it's it's a really great thing when you're interviewing someone and they give you stories as answers or they give you some sort of like, you know, something uh, something that you weren't expecting that you can kind of build off of. And that's exactly what the MacGyver cast did. So that was a great interview. Uh, That's brilliant. Did you ask them for any surprises with which they replied with actual surprises? Um, well, I did ask them about a crossover episode that they're doing with um, Hawaii Five O, and uh, apparently they're film- cool. filming that right now. And I think uh, Lucas was headed out to the the lead actor Lucas Till was headed out to like Hawaii like a, a day or two after I did this interview with him last week um, to be able to work on that. And then se- several of their cast members were coming here, so they they teased a little bit of it. So there's a little bit of teasing in it. So um, nice, Eric. Well, it's it's like uh, it'd be amazing if you just asked directly. Do you have any teases for us? <laughs> so. Maybe that's something. Well, you know, sometimes that's actually not a bad question to ask because sometimes they have talking points. and That's true, um, that they didn't get a chance to dive into. Exactly. And you can spend yeah. all of your time asking them questions that they're going to say they can't answer. Or you can just be like, all right, look, what can you talk about? Let's talk about that. Just just tell me what your talking points are and like what you're allowed to say. And let's go from there. Um But with all of that being said, um, let's jump into our MacGyver interview with Lucas Till, Tristan Mays, and Justin Hires. Boom shakalaka. We're going to need some gum gum and some duct tape to set up this interview. Um, So I wanted to start out kind of talking about the crossover episode. I know you guys have Oh, yeah. Nice. Uh, So what can you kind of say about that and what can fans expect? Well, it's happening. It's going. It's happening right now. Right now. Well, it is happening right now. We just started shooting it. <laughs> yeah. Um, we uh, we're you know going to. I'm going to Hawaii. I guess George and I are going. It's something we're coming here. It's. I mean, it's a hard. It sounds so cool, but it's a really hard thing because we're t- shooting two separate shows. Yeah. And you have to. Schedule it's one of the cast. <laughs> it's yeah. awesome. It's yeah. a great episode. It's a, it's a good episode. What are we on? Day one? Day two? Day one, Where I think. Start? We started yesterday. We started yesterday. We started. Yeah. yeah. We were at a jet. We're on scene. We were one. in a jet. Fun fact, we were in a jet. Beyonce just bought Jay-Z the exact same jet. that, that we were, No. $20 million. Oh, yeah. Well, not what... Well, it wasn't the same jet. Like the, the same exact? Same as that we type We were though. in Beyonce's jet? We was in Beyonce? <laughs> we was in Jay-Z <laughs> jet. Like, wait a second. But yeah, but no, we do not have that money personally, so <laughs> we were just shooting there. But we will. Mm-hmm. There you go. Um, what has been the biggest challenge for you guys, kind of bringing, you know, this, this show back to the air and kind of putting a new modern spin on it? What have been, like, the challenges for you as actors in this? Just keeping it authentic, you know, keeping that love and... We've brought a new kind of, uh, what is it, 
Bond, uh, other characters. Right on. Yeah. Uh, new new ensemble thing. Yeah. yeah. Because MacGyver used to be just a, a lone wolf. Yeah. And mostly because um, I don't I don't think I could work any harder than we're doing right now. We have to have other people so I got some time off every now and then. And, uh, yeah. I don't know how he... I don't know how you did it either. I I go back and watch the old MacGyver episodes, and I'm like, that's a lot of work to be in to be in every scene. He did a lot of stunts too, and he didn't go crazy. I don't think that. So I mean, that was incredible. So I commend Richard Dean Anderson. Uh, for even doing that because I mean even now if you look at most shows it's an ensemble show and it's because being in every scene can get grueling um, so that's why we commend our leader Lucas hey, you guys are right there uh, you know what I'm saying for doing crutches but yeah but I think that's probably the toughest challenge I would think for you Right, the work yeah, the workload well, is crazy. Now that's that's one that's one thing. It was more it was like figuring out, you know, because it's a pre-existing property. So it's right. like, am I disappointing people? But then it sometimes like I just put a little more my own personality in there, and then it actually ended up working out better for me and for the people watching. I think so. That's that's nice, but it took a while to figure that out. We're just yeah. trying our best to have fun and right get through it. You know, it's um, a lot of work. Speaking of having fun, have you guys had fun filming here in Atlanta? Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. I went to college in Atlanta. Actually, I went to Clark Atlanta University. So oh, cool. this is kind of like a homecoming coming back here. Yeah. Uh, so I've had a great time uh, seeing how the city has, has changed and uh, going to some of the sites that I used to go to uh, when I was young, like Stone Mountain. Uh, mm-hmm. We shot an episode at Stone Mountain, and I actually filmed a film while in college it, at Stone Mountain. So it was good to kind of revisit some of those some of those places. Yeah. Did you show these guys around? And- no. <laughs> no, no. I, <laughs> yeah, Justin, guess what? Your school. We work all week, and then on the weekends we're all sleeping. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, then we come back together on Monday. Yeah, I actually grew up in Marietta, so okay, so yeah. and uh, now I'm back eight years later. I try to get away with it. And now when he walks through Marietta, all you hear is, "Oh my God, it's Lucas!" Ah! So, you know, that was great. We shot in Marietta the other day. And yeah, Marietta Square. Yeah, and Justin was like, oh, It was so I, I funny. Can't you can't tell the story. I got to tell it. All right, so we were shooting in Marietta Square the other day, and we saw a group of, like, little girls across the street. It was like, so I waved at them. They was like, hey, oh, my God. It's, it's, it's. No, no, no. I waved at them. It was like, and then he waved. And they're like, no! <laughs> they ripped off the clothes. They ripped off the clothes. That was crazy. They, was, they were 18. Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but they they were going crazy for for Lucas, so yeah. So he's a hometown hero, I'm sure. That's awesome. Yeah, I met him. It was like this woman taking pictures of me, and uh, and like on the set, it was supposed to be locked down, and I was like, I, she with us, and then I realized it was my buddy's mom. And, oh, wow. like, oh, and she was like, no! <laughs> it was weird. It was weird, yeah, no, weird for her to be doing that. that. <laughs> She's like 45, 50. It was crazy, yeah. but it happened. Well, one last question for you guys: um, If you could offer any Valentine. Valentine's Day advice to your characters. To my characters. Oh, yeah. that's a good question. Oh, I like that question. that's a good question. <laughs> well, Bowser would definitely be trying to get, uh, I don't know, get a date. I haven't had an, a date with her yet. So that's I'll what, be that. hiding from him in the closet. That's what my character would be doing. <laughs> um... Get after it, MacGyver, man. You've been wasting time. Nikki, it's over. She's working with the CIA. She already got you shot. Just get over that. Yeah. Jack has supermodel girlfriends. MacGyver, in the old show, he had a new girl every episode. Yeah. And yeah. he's still a nice guy. Um, still a nice guy. Work he takes, still respects women. It is true. That's right. Yeah. Man, yes. he, is, he is just, he's buried in his work. Max is so 
diligent with about it, that he's not he's not spending any time to get that love in his life. Yeah, he needs some so love. I'm telling him right now, he's just, he needs to get on it. Everybody needs a cuddle. So, advice yeah. to our characters, I'd say, why don't we just all go out and have like a dinner or something? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know? I'm down for that. Green Jack. Bowls is down. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah support each other. We have a little party in the house. Our love life sucks on the yeah, show. Yeah, it does. It does. It's rough. <laughs> Nobody has love on the show. No, no, no. You keep getting, and then I, I'm not going to ruin anything, but you keep getting toyed with. And I get that and one. this one. <laughs> I'm out of my business. This one over like here. Stuff. Actually, we all do. Even Jack does. Even it's Jack does. Yeah. Uh, yeah, one day. Season three. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. So that was the cast of MacGyver. Um, pretty pretty cool cast and a pretty cool interview. I could have just like hung out with them all night. They seem awesome. That's a, that's a that's good. That's good. So maybe maybe at their series wrap party, they're all they'll all be there. Yeah, you know they seem like they all really like each other. And I have to say, um, so I asked I asked the the Valentine's Day question, um, which I do every year at the SCAD every year. This is the second year I've asked it at the SCAD Festival, which is essentially, you know, what you guys just heard in the interview. Um, what Valentine's Day would you advice would you as an actor offer your character? And I get some of the best answers for this. Like I did this last year with um, the cast of The Walking Dead and, and Josh McDermott gave me, I don't remember exactly what he said. Um, it's it's up on FanBolt. You can find it. Um, but it was really, really great. And it's just such a fun thing to, to see how people respond to it. And it always catches them off guard. So that's one of one of my fun questions that you will see uh, see repeated in upcoming interviews. Now, uh, at any time during... Uh, which I think is very fun. Uh, it's weird. I don't know if I like Valentine's Day. I know actually that that would, that would, that gets some interesting. That's fun. Um, did you have any? Uh, did you want to talk about monster trucks at all with MacGyver? <laughs> no. Did you want to bring that up? No. no, I didn't. I didn't want to bring monster. I I never want to bring monster trucks up. <laughs> well, I was just wondering if there was ever a moment where you were like, I wonder, can I? Yeah. So <laughs> just uh, throw it it's out. It's a there. valid question. That's a valid question. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, jumping into our interview with uh, three of the cast members of 24, uh, Sheila Van, Cora, let's see, Coral, Pena, and Teddy Sears. Of course, Teddy Sears is known from his work on The Flash, and uh, they're all a really, really cool cast, and uh, here's, here's my interview with them. Uh, so I play Mariana Stiles. Uh, she's a new CTU worker. She's been there, as she says, a lot, two weeks. Um, I'm related to someone on the old uh, series, uh, Edgar Stiles, who also worked at CTU. So there's a bit of a connection there. Uh, and she's, yeah, she's, she speaks her mind, and she's tough, and she stands her ground. Um, she gets a lot of doubts at first and very quickly proves that she deserves to be in the spot that she's in. Um, and very quickly she becomes uh, this guy's right-hand lady, yep. uh, Keith Mullins, who is the new uh, CTU director. That was a great segue. Yeah, yeah thank, thank you. you. Um, yes, <laughs> I, I have just been handed the reins of CTU by uh, Miranda Otto's character, Rebecca Ingram. She is married to Jimmy Smith's character. Um, and the story goes that uh, while she was head of CTU, he, you know, he was sort of out of the She's political, <laughs> out of the political spotlight. 
uh, supporting her, and now that he is, Jimmy Smith is a leading candidate for president, she is stepping away from CTU to support him in, in his endeavor. She can't quite give it up yet, so that's sort of where we meet the two characters, and she's handing the reins off to my character, Keith Mullins, but... You know, is just sort of having a hard time letting it go, and then you know, stuff goes crazy. So that's sort of where we are when uh, when the the show opens. And can you say a little bit about your character? Yeah, I play Neela Mizrani. She's a campaign manager for Jimmy Smith, who plays a senator running for president. So she's running his campaign, and then, as you said, things get crazy, <laughs> like they do in 24, and you know they have to scramble around because they're running this presidential campaign, and it starts to affect that, and, um, and they're kind of navigating the drama that ensues. Yes. Cool. Um, how would you describe to fans that this new series kind of compares to the original? Hmm. It's its own. I think it's its own new thing. With but it, it's part of the same universe. Yes. So you're still, you're gonna get some fun connections to the old twenty four. But I think we stand alone and we're, yeah, we are, we are it, our own show. Absolutely. Yeah, if you're if you're a new viewer, you're not going to be lost in any way. But if you are an old fan, there's a lot of aspects. You know, the action and the 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 hour. Each episode is an hour format. That kind of thing. The same type of uh, heart pumping. Action yeah. occurs, and, and so, yeah, so you won't, that type of thing is definitely not lost here at all. Yeah, and on the technical side, it was written and directed by the same guys who did the original, so it's going to look the same with the same, you know, shots, the same sort of camera stuff, so those people who like the original um, won't be disappointed. I, I think yeah. they'll find that part to be really familiar and really fun. And how has it been filming in Georgia? Can you talk a little bit about your experience here, both filming and living here for a little while? Yeah. I am such a New Yorker. I don't know how to drive. And so I have been navigating Atlanta without driving. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, we we talk about it a bunch. We love the food here. Uh, it's nice to have the mixture of, like, this is a city, and then like a mile away, you're like, oh, trees, which you don't get in New York. It's really lush so, here. Yeah. I was pretty surprised. That was one of the first things I noticed. Was like, it's so green, and each neighborhood that you drive into feels really different from the next. Mm-hmm. And I, I was living over near like kind of Cabbage Town, Little Five Points, Inman Park area, and I just found it to be really like funky and have a lot of personality. And yeah. um, I wasn't expecting Atlanta to have a to just be as like. I don't know, I have as much swagger, I guess. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, it's really cool. Really, really cool. Lots to discover, lots of cool pockets. And um, there's always something new to sort of to, to find, you know, when you're out and about, like all these little hidden gems. It's a really, really cool city. And uh, like Carl said, the food is unbelievable yeah, food, everywhere you go. Music. Yeah, food, music, and art. Everyone's music, art. Yeah. yeah, food, music, art. And there's a lot filming here, so it's, it, it's you know, it kind of feels like. Um, <laughs> company town in that way there's lots of stuff happening in our, in our world it's true sometimes you go you shoot places where you're like you kind of just feel like you're in the middle of nowhere but yeah, are like really isolated but so much shoots here that it's like it just yeah. feels like other people are doing yeah, like, yeah. business away from the business or something. Yeah. yeah lots of friends coming in and out of town on projects and, um, and that makes it fun too yeah, yeah. yeah. people hang out with and yeah. show yeah. around yeah totally take to restaurants yeah. well, cool thank you guys thank, thank you. you very much so they were all pretty pumped about premiering after the Super Bowl. 
I hope that they still feel, you know, as as hopeful about the series after uh, after having watched it. Um, or after having watched, you know, the, the ratings come in for it. Because I have heard, you know, from the people that have seen it that it it's really good and it kind of holds up as a uh, something that complements the original series but stands stands strong on its own. Well, I, uh, I yeah, if it's good, people will come. Yeah, right, exactly. So it's it's uh, like I don't, I don't I mean maybe I'm maybe I'm just like, uh, but it's a new world. Like a premiere is important. But word of mouth still wins, so yeah, you know. and it—I mean—it definitely doesn't hurt having that um, pre-established, you know, fan base yeah. coming in behind it too. I mean, I feel like we're, yeah, of course, we're kind of in the world of sequels and prequels and all these kind of bringing back previous series and rebooting them and and all of that. Of course, the same thing with MacGyver, um, but. Uh, sometimes it works and it works well. So hopefully it will work for 24 and uh, they'll stay as one of uh, Alana's gems that are filming here. Nice. I like it. Well, I root for it. I saw that Kiefer Sutherland was a producer, so he's doing all right. Yeah. Yeah, he's doing he's doing all right. He is a, I believe he's an executive producer on, on this series. I don't know if yeah. he'll make a, an appearance on it or not. Um, I would expect... I would almost expect... I don't know. I'm assuming he survived the last series. I didn't watch any of the last series. So um, I know nothing about the previous 24. Uh, well... Doesn't sound like you do either. <laughs> no. Nope. I know uh, I know it's in real time and there's 24 hours to do something. Yeah, I know that too. Cool. Yes. And I've once seen Kiefer Sutherland drunk off of his face at an event. That's... That's my 24 and <laughs> I appeared in a photo um, interviewing him uh, at a previous Comic-Con, and it was, uh, I think the photo was in TV Guide. So that was oh. that was my involvement. I was interviewing him then, never also never having seen the show. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, sometimes <laughs> there's just not enough hours in the day for you to watch everything that's on TV. So you, you've got to make I it totally work. I totally agree. <laughs> And, and like sometimes like when a show is super hot, I feel a lot of guilt. Like I really haven't given it a look, but I'm going to circle around for it. And then what happens during the time you have this intention to circle around for it, a billion other shows also come out. Yep, exactly. It's just you can't keep up with it. Yes. But anyways, moving right along, moving into our box office report. Um, we had Rings, which of course filmed here in Georgia, that opened last weekend. It came in second, um, not by much. I think it's about 1.5 million behind Split, which is the M Night Shyamalan movie, which is still doing really, really well. In its third week of release, its total gross to date is 98.5 million, and of course that's on a nine million dollar budget. So that has been hugely, hugely successful. M Night uh, has needed man. I can't like. I feel like the last time he had kind of a legitimate hit was Signs. That guy's just been yeah taking for so long. I remember there was a what was a there was a movie called Devil or something. I think that was him. And I was like, oh, this movie looks pretty compelling. I was in the theater watching it, and then his name was uh like put up on screen, and the whole theater laughed. And I was like. Ooh, yeah, yep. That's not good, but apparently he uh, got it back together for this. Yeah, he was uh he was actually a producer on that on Devil. Um and he was also a producer on After Earth, which was uh pretty pretty epically bad. Of course, that was the one with Will Smith and his son. Uh one of the worst movies yeah. of that year, I would say, of of 2013. Really bad movie. Yeah. 
Um, And then Wayward Pines, you know, I I watched the pilot of that. He's an executive producer on that series on on Fox. And I liked the pilot and I I just, you know, the schedules, I couldn't couldn't keep up with it. But I know a lot of people that that really loved that series or or still loves that series. I'm assuming it's coming back again. I don't know. all. I don't have my packs in front of me. Um, It says... (laughs) 2015 through 2016, 20 episodes. He was an executive producer on. So um, that worked out well for him. And, of course, he's got a couple more that are coming out. He's working on the Tales, for the, or Tales from the Crypt TV series. He's going to be an executive producer on that. And Labor yeah. of Love, he is a producer on, which is um, not any information in, uh, attached to that right now. No cast, no nothing. So um, I guess we'll we'll wait and see, but that's I think it's a little bit different when you have him in a producer role as compared to a uh, you know an executive producer or producer role. Right, right. But um, yeah, so moving along, um, Dog's Purpose fell to third. Hidden Figures fourth. La La Land is still holding on at number five. Um, seven weeks, or no, excuse me, nine weeks, nine weeks, um, they've been out and I feel like four, three or four of those weeks, they've been stuck at number five. Um, but it's total gross to date is 118.2 million. And of course, again, that's a $30 million production budget. So, uh, that's a pretty successful musical. If I do say so myself that I hope one day Jakai will see. <laughs> I want you to know as uh, I was talking to uh, some friends out here that are that are in the business. Which, that sounds like such a lame thing to say, but uh, uh, they all had they all gave it high marks as well. There was someone I did hear say it was like a pretentious lame film. Um, it's only I was like, I, pretentious people uh, say that La La Land was pretentious. <laughs> but I was I, it was the first time, honest to goodness, where I've actually heard somebody. And it, it, so it might have gotten to the point where it's it's getting so much kudos. It's like it's it's it needs to have that rebelness yeah. from somewhere. But I was like, it, I did. I was like, I was actually at the Super Bowl party. There's a lot of interesting people at the thing. I realized I was walking around this house, and I'm like, oh man, it's very different here in Los Angeles because everybody's talking about businessy things, and in Atlanta, it would just be a Super Bowl party. <laughs> um, so, anyways, yeah, I digress. Please uh, continue with the. Uh, <laughs> Um, well, Resident Evil fell to six, uh, seeing in seventh, and it, really the only other one worth talking about because we uh, we we talked about it a little bit on our podcast. I, th- I think it was the last episode, The Space Between Us. Um, it debuted in ninth with a, of course, thirty million dollar production budget, but it only grossed three point seven million. So that one didn't work out so well. Yeah, that one's that one's a little bit painful, and and Britt Robinson is so great. I just I I feel bad for her. This is not. This is of course she was also in uh, Tomorrowland, which people thought were gonna do was gonna do really well, and it didn't do really well. And uh, yeah, so is is the space between us getting good marks? You know, I haven't I haven't seen it, um, and I. I think Mike went to see it. I don't remember him saying if it was good. Let me check really quick on IMBD. We've got a 6.2 out of a 10. Uh, so, yeah. Um, so yeah, 33 Metascore. So, yeah, you know, it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, she'll, she'll, she'll be okay. She'll be fine. Yeah. Um, she, will, she will continue to go on to great things. Um, but transitioning out of our box office report, um, we have a 
review, a review for Mos, uh, which is a film that is airing at the Atlanta Jewish Film Festival. They've already had a couple of screenings of it, and uh, they have they're having one tonight at the uh, or at Atlantic Station, and they have a couple more scheduled uh, throughout the the remainder of the festival, which wraps on February fifteenth. So, if if this sounds intriguing to you, you have a few more opportunities to see it. Um, you can go look it up on. Um, the, the website for Atlanta Jewish Film Festival and, and see the, the remaining um, uh, screenings that are left. But to give you guys a little bit of a background on Moe's, um, it's about a socially awkward young woman. Uh, she takes her first tentative steps towards independence and fulfilling a lifelong dream in the Dutch romantic comedy or dramedy, rather, Moe's. Ever since her mother's death, Moe finds herself caught between caring for her grieving father and having a life of her own. Her father wants her to take over the family textile business in a Jewish neighborhood of Amsterdam, and Moe's wants to become a theater star, seizing an opportunity to apply to a prestigious performing arts academy. When her audition fails, she settles for a job at a school cafeteria while taking private singing lessons. Romantic entanglements develop with her handsome vocal tutor. And complicated by feelings for a childhood best friend who has returned home from service in the Israeli army, she is challenged to balance her family's low expectations of her against her own pride and a determination to make something of herself. Mo reveals an inner strength uh, that few suspected that she possessed. So it is a feel-good dramedy, and I've got to <laughs> write a, an introduction to this film that basically says none of the things that I just said because I can't give away any plots. Um, yeah, it's uh, but it's it's a really I'm just like reading through this and realizing like I have no yeah. idea what I'm going to say tonight. <laughs> but, um, hey, everybody, do you like movies? <laughs> well, here's a movie that has some moving pictures in exactly. it. Exactly. Please enjoy. <laughs> um, but it is a really good film. I got to screen it. Um, they sent me a screener to prepare for my introduction um, and got to watch that last Saturday. And IMDb actually has it listed originally as a television movie. So I don't, oh, I don't think it was originally um, planned to be a theatrical release, at least not according to IMDb. So um, it is uh, it is a, a subtitled movie, but it's 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 really really good. It's a feel it's a feel good movie. It's well acted. the The character development is is great. All of the kind of nuances and and um, just uh, you know personalities and and everything about each one of the characters are just so relatable. And it's it's just a feel good movie. Nice. Yeah. I like it. So are we doing an official Atlas review of this film? Yeah, well, why not? Let's do it. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, so uh, so there's the official Atlas review of Moe's. Um, not to be confused with that character from The Simpsons. <laughs> no. Say that soon. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Um, so uh, on, a, on a scale of one to five, five being five alarm boredom, how bored were you in this film? Um, I'm, I mean, it is a, it's a kind of slow film. You know, I would almost kind of compare it a little bit, especially if you look at like the, uh, the poster for the film, which I don't think is the same poster they're using for the Atlanta Jewish Film Festival. Um, but when I looked it up and I started doing a little bit of research on it, just the kind of, I guess, mood of the, the graphics and the branding of the film feels very Juno-esque. And, um, okay. there is kind of a similar feel to that. And obviously she's not, you know, a, a, a pregnant teenager. But some of the same kind of just um, vibes and 
I guess, tone tone that the film sets um, is kind of similar. So, uh, boredom, I'm going to give it... I'm going to give it a two on the boredom scale just because of the pace of it. Okay. So an well, at. That's, a, that's not too bad. No. Um, no. All right. So, well, so so a little bit. Well, I mean, it probably kept you busy because you had to read a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's yeah. one of the things where, um, you know, I love foreign films. I really, really do. But God, I wish I spoke, you know, more, more languages because I feel like you're <laughs> right. so busy reading that you kind of, yeah. it's, it's hard to, you know, keep up with the the emotional reactions and the little the little right. like things that you're supposed to pick up on that you would if you were watching and not reading um right. so it's those movies are always a little bit of a challenge just because your eyes can only really do one thing at one time <laughs> right it's a, there's books on tapes and then there's books on screen yeah so obviously from an eye rolling perspective it's very difficult to roll your eyes while reading that's true uh so on a scale of one to five uh were you rolling your eyes in this film uh, five being lots of eye rolling i was not well i would say um i'm gonna give it a one just because uh uh Mo's makes some life decisions that i mean we've all been there we've all picked at some point we've all dated someone or, or gone after someone that was clearly not someone we should have gone after um <laughs> We've all been there. We all can relate to it. And I think the eye rolling is more like, oh, my God, really? Come on. You, you don't. You, this is not going to end well. <laughs> like, um, right. So the, it's more of just kind of uh, maybe personal reflection of eye rolling um, just because you can you can definitely relate to her. So um, but yeah, nothing in a way that's like an annoyance of the film or, or you know, um, anything that's, uh, uh, you know, really reflective of the film itself. More just life choices. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Uh, uh, ben Stiller, meet the parents. Like, why in God's name would you do that? You're killing me, dude. Yep, yep. Um, uh, okay, so so how are the performances and such? Really, really good. Um, there's no one that you would recognize in, in this, um, which I almost kind of like those movies more because it's easier you know some some actors are so recognizable that it takes a little bit of an extra effort to kind of um lose focus on the fact that you know oh well that's brad pitt or that's george clooney or you know it it takes a little bit extra effort to actually lose the actor in the role and when you're dealing with you know independent films or foreign films and you don't know the cast members it's a lot easier to kind of just dive into those world those worlds and especially if they're good actors this entire entire cast was um was really good there was no one that was you know clearly shouldn't have been an actor um <laughs> so which sometimes happens with independent no, film <laughs> it totally does totally it's, does uh, well, that guy knew somebody yeah. yeah exactly exactly someone's doing somebody a favor but um but there was nothing like this in this film so it's it's very easy to get lost you know with these actors portrayals of their characters and uh it's just it's uh, all of the, all the acting was was superb Nice. Superb is, is seems like a sophisticated word for a, uh, a foreign film. So, uh, obviously, no Georgia recognition factor. No, very, 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 no. <laughs> I was going to be like, very, very little, but but no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I guess it's a moment of truth on a scale of one to five. Or, what, not one to five, what am I talking about? On a scale of Atlas. <laughs> um, uh, what, what does this thing get? I'm going to give it an addle. An addle, no, so and, three. Yes. Three, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was good. It wasn't great. Again, the pacing, um, yeah, the pacing of it, I felt like could have been a little bit, uh, could have been sped up a little bit, and um, 
um, any time, of course, too, you're, you're dealing with a comedy and another another language. You know, sometimes not all of the, the jokes are going to um, work, you know, as well as they will in, in the, the native language of the film. Um, right. So th- I would, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say th- three out of five in Atla. Um, still definitely worth seeing. Super, super cute film. Um, but just in comparison to, you know, you know, we've talked about this before, how how it kind of compares to, to to other films. And I was giving like full atlases for like in the end of 2016 to like everything right. I saw. Right. So, um, so yeah, I'm toning it down a little bit this year. And uh, Uh-oh. yeah, Uh-oh. yeah, I'm, a, there's a new sheriff there's in a town. New sheriff in town. Yeah. But uh, definitely worth seeing. And uh, it's a, it's a feel good, happy movie um, that has, a number of different storylines in it that everyone can relate to between, you know, um, picking the wrong guy or the the wrong partner when you obviously have a, a, a perfect choice in front of you, like she does with her, her childhood friend that comes back. And then um, uh, the need to kind of, you know, her family doesn't necessarily, her f- family and friends don't necessarily believe in her um, ability to be accepted by this, you know, uh, performing arts academy when she goes and auditions for it. Um, so, th- it, but she has this need to prove them wrong and also, you know, um, really do this for herself and go after the stream. So, I mean, that's a theme that I think anyone can relate to, too. So it's a, it's, it's a, it's a good movie. Nice. Nice. Yeah, so... Um, so, Atla. Atla. That's great. Yeah. Or actually, Adle. Adle. I did that. <laughs> I, I, uh, re-listening last week, I messed up. I, I called one an Atla, and it was an Adle. So, we have a very uh, very sophisticated rating system, but Adle <laughs> is not an Atla. Two very different ratings. It is. It is. Yeah. <laughs> the difference between a three and a... Or, yeah, a three and a four. Yes. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um... But yeah, uh, so that is our review of Moe's, which is still uh, screening a couple times left during the festival, so be sure to check it out if that sounds of interest to you. And um, coming up next week, we're going to have interviews with uh, Jennifer Morrison and Colin Donahue with Once Upon a Time, as well as the writers of that series, um, which basically couldn't tell us anything, uh, (laughs) as you would expect. They act, there's a lot of talk about whether or not that series is going to come back for another season, and the writers have said previously that if they did, they were going to want to kind of revamp the show, which may or may not mean different actors. And at that point, too, I think contracts may be up for some of the actors at this point, too. So it's either pay them a lot and renew it or, you know, bring in some some new cast members. And I think with shows like that, that's always trying to do, like, the the kind of crazy, you know, um, twist of, of bringing in someone from, um, you know, it was a big deal when they brought in Elsa from Frozen. And they're always trying to kind of, like, up the ante with the uh, the fairy tale characters or the Disney characters that they're bringing in. And I right. think even one time, I, I don't remember the the little boy's name, Henry. He plays Henry in, um, in the series. I don't think he's a, he's actually not so little anymore. He's probably like a, a full teenager now. But I haven't seen the, sh- the series since season two. But um, he had actually said he wanted to see Darth Vader on the show, which uh, is technically, I guess, possible now. D- yeah, Disney yeah. owned. Um, so yeah. I hope that doesn't happen because that will 
that seems like a bad idea. But, um, <laughs> you know, when you're trying to shock people, maybe it makes sense. Yeah. Um, but, of course, they couldn't tell me too much about that because, you know, I'm not going to get the exclusive on whether or not it's coming back and what characters they're going to bring back that they haven't previously announced. Um, right. But it is an interesting conversation, and they do kind of talk a little bit about their, their decision of, of why they're going to kind of change things up a little bit. Um, so we have that, and then John Wick, which I actually saw last night. We'll have a review of it next week. I am not allowed to give an official review of it until Thursday at 9 a.m., which is gotcha. after the release of this podcast. Um, but, I, uh. but I will say um, it comes out this weekend, and um, I haven't seen Fifty Shades Darker, but I I think John Wick 2 might be, uh, you know... They're two very different films. So if you if you really want to go see Fifty Shades Darker, you probably should go see Fifty Shades Darker. But if there's a question between the two, I think John John Wick Two might be the better better one to go with. The, the better choice, the, better the like choice. less uncomfortable one to go to with your grandmother. Um, yeah, I mean, it, there's a lot of fighting and violence in it. So if you go to it with your grandmother, you still might be a little bit uncomfortable. Okay, <laughs> but, fair enough. Uh, but probably less uncomfortable than you would be in Fifty Shades Darker. Right. <laughs> it's a different type right. of awkwardness. Um, but yeah, so uh, we'll have all of that for you guys next week. And of course, um, next Thursday, February 16th, is going to be um, Project Cosplay, which is going to be Fifty Shades Darker themed. Uh, we have some cool prize packs that the the studio hooked us up with for that, for people that come out and partake either as uh, people giving critiques on the models in the audience, um, or on the designers in the audience, or um, as a model and designer. So if you have any interest in being a designer, let us know. Um, but yeah, that'll be next, uh, next Thursday, February 16th at Joystick Game Bar at 9pm. It's happening so fast. I cannot believe it's already next Project Cosplay. I know. There's my goodness. They just fly by. Um, I'm actually yeah. in a meeting today for another cosplay event that hopefully I'll have something to tease about um, in the upcoming weeks too of another um, monthly thing we're looking to to do in partnership with Nerdlanta, um, which is a, a really cool group here. So if you're not familiar with Nerdlanta, they do a bunch of really awesome events at Joystick. Um, Definitely, and, and they're they're great, great people. So hopefully, there'll be something cool on that horizon in the near future. That was a good tease. Yeah. Well done, Emma. Thank you. Well done. Thank you. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's all I have for this week. How about you? No, I think uh, I think that's everything that I have to offer. That's all the value I add this week. <laughs> well, I hope you have uh, safe travels back from LA. Thank you very much. And uh, to all of our listeners, we'll talk to you next week. And thank you for listening. Again, my name is Emma Loggins, Editor-in-Chief of Fanbolt. My name is Kai Mickelson, graphic artist guy and independent filmmaker. And we'll catch you guys next week. Bye. Bye-bye. Hooray. Right.